it's Cecilia and Megan. Let us distract you while driving, cleaning, working out, or not working out. Actually, what in the dang heck? Just grab some wine and chill. It'll be like eavesdropping and a girls' night all wrapped up into one. Monday. Monday, Monday. Is there a, there's no Monday song, is there? We could make one up. We've been saying this since the um, conception of when the dang heck, if someone wants to make us a jingle, make us a jingle. <laughs> we have, we have had a jingle. That's um, true. It was like, it was a guy, dang, wasn't dang, it? Dang, 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 or something like that. <laughs> it, was, it totally was. I forgot about that. It was like, what in the dang heck? <laughs> All right, scratch that, you guys. We have a jingle. We just got to find it and bring it back. Does anyone... We're open to more, though. I mean, yeah, totally. I'm not going to turn down creative on-brand jingles. As long as they create it, we can't... We cannot sing it. Maybe Megan could. No, I'm good. I'm good. You can scroll down far enough on Instagram to find me singing. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, we don't sing. All right. So um, jumping right in here. Next week, we're going to talk about our toxic traits. Yes. But this week we had a lot of great feedback from our show. Yes. Or last week. So yeah. we wanted to touch on those and we have some just like funny random voicemails that we want to get to, and then we'll do a topic podcast, um, next week. So we're going to run through these heck yes and heck no's Megan. What's your heck yes this week? My heck yes. Is that Jeannie sleeps through the night Oh, in her crib, not in our bed. Which, which Wait, is in like, her room. Yeah. In her room. What? I know. So when our kids get around like five to six months, that's when we start to transition them into their crib in their room, because you have a window where you can teach them to sleep and to self-soothe back to sleep in their own room before Mm -hmm. they start pulling themselves up into a sitting position and standing and all of that stuff. So you have to be strategic. And now at six months, they can make it through the night without a feeding and it won't like developmentally, it is healthy and safe and they're fine without waking up to feed. Um, so I always, I did it with Carrie and it was super successful. I did it with Jeannie. I was nervous. I have a weird relationship with Jeannie or not a weird, a unique relationship with Jeannie. I'll talk about it later. I'm sure in the pod, but I was nervous, but it went really well. And she sleeps through the night now. So I'm, I just feel like a changed woman. I'm going to start waking up early and getting work done before the babies are up. And my life is just going to drastically I knew improve. like you're I turning know. a corner. I know. I'm yeah. so excited. Praise yeah. God. Seriously. I'm very excited. Thanks. Thanks. Oh. What's yours? Okay. So my heck yes is that Monday. So we're recording this on Wednesday. So two days ago I get, it's like a, my mom's flipped over on my front porch. So I was about to go drive to run some errands, but I was like, Oh, I should go fix those. So I go fix those. I come back in the car my phone's been in the car and it was like, um, unknown caller, like called you. And so then I holding my phone, looking at this unknown caller and it's like, they start calling again. I was like, all right, this is probably spam, but I'm going to answer because they're calling for a second time. And I answer, I'm like, this is Cecilia. And it's like, 
silent for five seconds. I'm like, hello. And he's like, hello. I'm like, Patrick. <laughs> I'm like, did you cry? <laughs> well, I was like, why didn't you say it was you? Why are you just being over there? Like, hello. <laughs> like, <laughs> hello. Hi. Hello. Yes. <laughs> hello. And he was like in the operations room or something. And hello. I guess like, if no one's in there, you could probably use the phone because no one would know. So I guess he like used the phone and surprise called me Monday afternoon. It was, we talked for like six minutes, Aww. but it was so good. Even if there's a 10 second delay in everything we say to each other. Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, I mean, conversation's not productive, but it was great. To hear his voice is just like, all you needed so music to my ears literally hello Hello. I was like hello I'm like Patrick (laughs) like you can introduce yourself or you know like hey it's me right right it was so funny though but yeah I was like oh my gosh every unknown caller I need to start answering like what the heck you're gonna be every spammer's dream (laughs) I know I literally will so that was really great. But oh. what's your heck no? My heck no is potty training. Easily the worst stunt of parenthood that I've ever attempted to tackle. I planned this week that I would not leave for like two to three days starting on Tuesday. So like two days ago and it wasn't successful. And so then I started to Google search some new things I should be trying as far as potty training. Wait, what do you mean not leave? Like not like leave not house? leave the house because I was going to just potty train her. For two mm-hmm. or three days straight, and then she would get it. Is what I was reading. There's like a, there's like a quick way to do this, and I was like, let's do it. And it wasn't really successful because I was it was just too hard, and I just <laughs> it was mainly not successful because of me. <laughs> so then I started to Google some new things, and it was like, okay, let them run totally butt naked for two to three days at home, and expect to pick up messes. But I guess because they're butt naked, they're more aware, and it helps them like understand that like oh there's like nothing to catch my pee I don't no. know I don't there's know. no logical button <laughs> in a two-year-old's brain and on top of it especially Carrie because that will only perpetuate the problem of her always wanting to be naked I know but it's, it's been not better. So good well it's been better today so I'm kind of hopeful oh. the only time obviously at, at naps and at night she'll wear a pull-up um mm-hmm. instead of a diaper so she'll, she understands like something is different and she did really well with the crib when like something was different. It was like, oh, okay. Like I, like, this is my bed now. I don't know. She, she doesn't do too bad with it. Um, and today, instead of waiting every hour to take her to the bathroom to try, it's every 20 minutes, which is ex- so excessive to me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is absolutely insane. And I have another kid that ha- needs to nap and all this stuff on top of Carrie getting into like vitamins. It's like, dude, we don't have time for that. We got a potty train <laughs> right now, but good for you though. It's hard. We'll see. It's definitely a heck no I'm like if I could hire someone to potty train my kids yes I would do that here's the thing though like I feel like Carrie's so smart that she might just decide one day to be potty trained I know but I also feel like she should have been potty trained a while ago because she's she knows when her diaper's dirty she knows how to wipe she takes her diaper off for us and tries to clean herself for us and we're like no 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 and then you've got like 50 wipes all over because she's like I need all of these so I feel like it could go either way. Like we should have done this before Jeannie was here because she totally would have been ready or we wait and just wait for her to be like, ah, I'm good. So I, we're trying this. I don't know. I don't have any time next week. So if this doesn't work, then we're just going to wait like 
another month I'm gonna recalibrate and try again (laughs) I don't know I mean at the end of the day it's not going to be a make or break if this makes her a weird kid or not. She was weird before she was potty trained, you know, this like it's true. not because of potty training <laughs> that's going to like destroy her future. Well, and you I know? just think too, like everybody eventually is potty trained, you know, like no one, no, well, I like kind to think of. that. I hope so. Um, no 25 year old is walking around in diapers, you know, so <laughs> eventually it'll happen. But right. I'm like, come on, let's, cause I also feel like I owe it to her. I feel like her stuff has kind of been put on the back burner because I got like genie sleep trained. So I was like, okay, let's work on you now. Mm-hmm. But who knows? We'll see. That's my heck now. What's yours? <laughs> All right. So mine is that my neighbor decided to put in a driveway at 6 a.m. every morning this week. And so there's a freaking jackhammer shaking my house and shaking my brain. <laughs> All day for the past three days. And I'm like, honestly, I should get like workers comp or something because (laughs) I cannot focus. My head hurts. It is so loud. It's like my table is shaking. Like the foundation of my house is rattled. And I'm like, you should have sent out, you know, a letter to the neighborhood saying that you're going to shake them for three days. You shake them awake. yeah, I'm like, what is yeah, oh 6 a.m. Are you kidding me? There was no you're not other in, time. You're not in an HOA, are you? No. Okay. I was gonna say there's typically I had rules. a child. If I had a child, yeah, I would be, have I'd gone out there and screamed at them. I don't care if I would have looked like the crazy neighbor because yeah, to be using a jackhammer at 6 a.m. is so inappropriate. I agree. Besides the point, <laughs> it's paved now. So hopefully they're not going out there and jackhammering stuff anytime soon. But um How it was days? just like it's been three days. Oh no. Yeah. No. Every morning. And I like I wish I was exaggerating, but I'm not. Like she's actually um, not being dramatic right now, guys. No, I'm not. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, taking aspirin every morning. Cause and I'm not even like a sensitive person. It's just like it's right. It's literally, you can't stop it. And like with the ADHD, it's like, I I cannot get anything done. Mm -hmm. It's like this like thing in my brain that keeps pounding. Anyways, it's typically only the first half of the day. So they're done by noon, but, um, it's two now. So they're done. But yeah, anyways, that's my heck no, because I'm like, this is that's psycho psycho. Yeah. Like I understand, like you can't do anything about it, but 6am, you know, you can do something about that. That's all I'm saying. People are right. still sleeping. I at know. the very least, start at eight. Okay, that's reasonable. <gasps> yeah, eight o'clock. Come on, come on now. <laughs> let, at least let the kids get on the school bus before you right. start hammering in the in the in the sidewalk. Um, but with that, just want to plug our Patreon. We had so much fun oh my last week. Literally, it was like girl hangout time. It was. We we cooked and we had boy talk. Mm-hmm. and relationship talk and it was really good like like specific like girls were like yo this is the position I'm in this is my what situation do do? what do I do and it wasn't just us asking no us. it was like group convo it was and so many of y'all had such good insight and advice and yeah. I was like wow I'm learning right now it was very cup filling yeah and it literally like it it was like no pressure like I actually felt like Sunday night I was like hanging with my friends cozy yeah. up on the couch yeah. So like you and I have those same conversations that we were having in our Patreon. Right. Like we have those. 
here, right. here at my house. <laughs> and the reason why is like, there's something safe feeling about it being off like a global yeah. platform. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. but you know that yeah, happens. we just like, so appreciate our patrons and love hanging out with them once a month and you can be a patron. Um, the link is in our show notes, but you can donate any amount and it's a reoccurring donation every month, but we're just so grateful for everyone who's considering and everyone who has donated because Mm -hmm. it helps us. It helps us to continue to put this, this podcast out weekly on a free platform. Yeah. It's a blessing. Um, Yeah. And then there's one more thing I actually wanted to add. So my company that I'm co-founder of West of Perfection, we are hosting um, a leadership and networking event in Nashville for professional women. And yeah, we're super excited. And as far as professional women go, we often count ourselves out as what we mean as professionals. Like let's say in Europe, you, you know, got a biology degree and you're teaching you, you are now a stay at home mother, but you were teaching like eighth grade science, like in Europe, they would consider you a biologist. Like your profession is that you are a biologist, but like here in America, we're so easy to count ourselves out as a professional. Like, um, you know, let's say you edit 10, 10 hours a month on the side for a magazine. Great. You're a professional editor. And like, yeah. there's a, there's stuff that comes along with that. Like we don't give ourselves enough credit. So anyways, this is a leadership and networking event in person in Nashville for professional women. And it's Friday, November 4th, 10 to three. Um, and we have like girls that are paying their own way to come and I'm sorry, women. And then we also have companies that are paying for women to come, um, on behalf of their company to represent them. And so we're just, we're super, super pumped. We're going to be talking about, um, just best practices for connecting with high achieving women. And, um, just kind of like, we have something called the respectability or I'm sorry, the responsibility spectrum that we'll be teaching and how to implement this tool as a leader. And we'll be talking about like confidence and then imposter syndrome you feel, and just new ways to increase productivity, um, while using what you already have. So we're super like pumped. Catch all. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> all about it. Um, so yeah, a lot of companies are sending some of their women and it's just going to be such a good time. So I'll put the details in our show notes, but if you live anywhere near Nashville, we would love to have you and definitely ask for your company to send you. So lots of companies require training, uh, by quarter. So this is one of those that counts as those credits. Um, so yeah, like we were saying, we have a ton of great voicemails. Um, before we jump into voicemails about marriage and babies, uh, we have talked about them before, but Pieta Papery, and we love them. And they have this a saying, and it says stationary for the sacraments. And I was like, okay, A, that's like such good marketing, but B, <laughs> like, like, yes, I know it's like, oh, that alliteration stationary for the sacraments, <laughs> but B, their stuff is beautiful. And what you do is you work with them. Uh, you work with a professional designer who truly gets the Catholic faith and they create yeah. stationery for whether it's a wedding, whether it's a bridal shower, whether it's any sort of sacrament, um, right. first communions, confirmations. I know like Oh, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, speaking of first communion, my dad used to throw first communion parties for us that were like, we felt like they were like a wedding because he would literally make us like, we would go pick out a cake and it would be like a tiered cake and we would have like 40 plus guests and he would cater food. And like our birthdays were so minimal that this was like 
the biggest celebration ever. And I want to do the same thing for our girls naturally, because it makes so much sense. Like the emphasis on you receiving the Eucharist is equivalent to you getting married later on in life, you know? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, Pieta Papery will 100% be called upon to make the formal invites for the First Holy Communion. Yeah. Party celebration, everything. I'm like, that is like icing on the cake for real. <laughs> and it matters. Like you can yeah. get a random template off Etsy, or you could actually have a professional designer who truly understands mm-hmm. the sacrament. And they also, more. it's really cool. It does mean more and it's more intentional. Mm-hmm. And um, they also do stationary for Catholic churches, like parishes. So if there's an event, they do oh. stationary for that, which I also thought That's like, genius. yeah, there's a lot of dioceses and parishes that have fundraisers. So yeah, I so appreciate what they do. And their Instagram is such a mood board. It seriously looks like a beautiful Catholic wedding Pinterest page. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely check them out. Everything's in the show notes, but you can get 15% off your purchase with, uh, all caps, heck yes, 15, um, no spaces for 15% off your purchase. Um, all right. (laughs) So we had a caller, um, that let's just back up. Remember last episode specifically on 47 minutes and 40 seconds, not that we were counting, but (laughs) we said we are going to preface that we were asked the question about motherhood and when to have a child, we were asked the question. And so we will respond. And if you're going to get upset with how we respond, remember that this is our podcast and we were asked. So we wanted to gracefully preface that again, um, and give a little recap of what last episode we talked about in the last like 25 minutes or something. Um, because we did have a caller come in who was super upset. Um, and we're going to play that so that you all can hear it and that we can talk about it. Um, but we're just going to recap a little bit about what we said last episode. So we can, I guess, remind, give a little reminder. Yeah. So Meg, you want to take yeah. it away? So we said that motherhood has been the most fulfilling, rewarding, and enriching thing that I specifically could have ever done uh, for myself and my marriage as a whole. And that's something CC also looks forward to. Um, there's no job or trip to Italy or anything that could make marriage better compared to being parents. And we were talking about like when interpreting church teaching the way that we do and the way, you know, we, we see traditional Catholics do is that, um, the way we interpreted it is that, and you can go back and listen to like our whole interpretation, but, um, that the way we live out our, our life is going to bring the most joy and the most freedom, um, because with the radical amount of trust that we have in God and that trust is unparalleled to any other moment in your life, like giving the trust over to God when have children is, I I can't imagine anything more that I trust God with than when to have children. Yeah. Um, and we are, we're also saying that like, you should not enter marriage unless you're ready to have children, which we stand firm on. Um, and it's just more free and beautiful when you enter into that sacrament with such, um, an openness, not only, uh, physically, but also, uh, spiritually and emotionally and mentally. Um, so, so yeah, Meg, was there a few other things? Yeah. So we also said that, uh, sacrifice is sanctifying, um, and that we cannot live out our faith without a cross of some sort. And we also said that when we choose to not be open to life in marriage, 
um, for some sort of selfish reason, we put him in a box and we tell him, oh, well, he couldn't provide for me. He couldn't make it work. He couldn't give me the grace to get through this. He yada, 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 yada. If you were going to get pregnant four months, six months postpartum, I would instantly as a human would think, oh my gosh, this is crazy. How is this going to work? And it's like, hold on. Guess what? I'm not in control. God is. And he planned this and designed this better than I ever could have. And so that's what we said. Um, a, a lot of what we prefaced was with that in mind. So, yeah. And we were saying like, it's not okay for us to assume that, you know, we could plan our life better than God is planning our life. Exactly. Um, and that it's so much more fun and so much more, there's so much more freedom when, when we're relying on God. Um, so with that, we're going to play this voicemail and the way we're going to respond is as if anonymous were one of our girlfriends in that, you know, if they had this reaction to us, this is what, this is what we would say to them. So with that, without further ado, <laughs> here's a voice. Now. Here we go. Hi, I'm going to keep this anonymous, but I just wanted to call in with a heck no from your episode from this last week. Um, I just wanted to provide an alternative perspective to your answer on NFP. Um, so someone who's been married for about a year, a little over a year, and who has been unable to conceive, I think that giving other people advice about their particular discernment about when they're ready or not to have kids is is a bit inappropriate, honestly. Um, I would love to have kids, and uh, struggling with fertility has been one of the most painful experiences of my life. And to see people, like, idolizing motherhood and really just not understanding the struggles that other people are going through um, and that, you know, being open to life also assumes that that life might not be given to you at the time that you want um, so just want to advise you to take a little caution when providing people with fertility advice and also to just, you know, maybe talk to some of your friends who struggled with fertility because it's not as easy for everyone as it has been for, for Megan especially. So don't make any assumptions, but it's kind of hurtful. Okay. So she mentions that she's been married for over a year and has not been able to conceive. And I understand that that is a painful experience is infertility. Um, it, that was one of my biggest fears personally going into marriage. Um, and I feel for you, many of my close friends struggle with this and I don't fully understand why God allows it because I see how much they desire children and to desire children is a good thing. Um, so I Mm -hmm. want to start by saying that like, this is a cross that you're having to carry and I'm sorry because it is a heavy one. Right. And, and we cannot live our faith without the cross, you know, and, um, with that, you go on to say anonymous that giving other people advice about their life and when to have kids is inappropriate and that we're idolizing motherhood. So first, um, go back and listen at 47 minutes and 40 or 47 minutes and 40 seconds on episode 111, And, um, that will answer that first part about giving other people advice is inappropriate, but when you're asked, um, and I think we actually, the way we responded was so graceful and not inappropriate in any way. Um, and then, and she said that we're idolizing motherhood. And I just want to break that down a little bit is that the word idolize means to worship as a God. And that is the exact opposite of what we have been saying. We worship God. And that is why we place so much trust in him about our families. And even just, you know, creating a parallel here is that we don't idolize 
our blessed mother, right? Jesus's mother. We don't idolize her, but she is the peak example of everything we do as women. And it is a good thing to strive to emulate her just like it is a good thing to desire motherhood and to see the beauty in it. And it is possible to talk about how beautiful and meaningful something is without making an idol of it. So I just want to say those are facts. It is possible. And, um, idolizing motherhood is very, very big assumption. Yes. Yes. Um, then you also said that being open to life assumes that it might not be given to you at the time that you want, which we agree. Again, if you went back to the original podcast where we talked about it, we mentioned that in our original answer, that being open to life means that you trust God with the timing of your children, whether it's a month after you get married or years after you've been married. Everything about our faith is trust in his timing and not ours. And we preface mm-hmm. that again before even playing this voicemail that trusting him with our children and our families is the most freeing thing ever. We agree with you. Totally. <laughs> we agree. We totally agree with you. Totally. Not sure where the disconnect was in that one specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And then anonymous, you go on to say that, um, you wanted to provide caution when giving fertility advice. Um, and I just want to provide caution to you that it matters the rhetoric we use when it matters the language we use when we're giving feedback. And so the word fertility here, we aren't giving fertility advice. We've never given fertility advice. The definition of fertility is the quality of being fertile or the ability to conceive. Um, we weren't ever talking about fertility. We were talking about the Catholic church's teaching on life in within the vocation of marriage. And, you know, we've never talked about the ability about the ability to conceive. We're talking about the openness to the possibility of conceiving, right? We're not talking about the ability, the physical ability. We're talking about the mentality of going into being open to have children. And, you know, we hear from friends who have struggled with fertility and secondary infertility. Megan and I have many close friends who that we, many close friends we share, um, who have, have dealt with this and, what I will say is that they have come to a very peaceful place where they fully trust God's timing in when he blesses them with a child. And I cannot imagine how hard and how much work it took for them to get there. And I pray that I never even have, never even am able to imagine, right? Because right. I, I pray that I don't have to go through that, but I will say that these are two of the most specifically Megan and I have two people in mind are the most peaceful women we have ever met. And the admiration we have for these women who have dealt with infertility and secondary infertility is uh, like, there's nothing that's comparable to the peace. Yeah. It's unmatched. It is. Um, so yeah, I, I don't appreciate, um, you know, that comment of like, you need to provide caution when giving fertility advice, because what we say is thought out. It's not something that is willy-nilly thrown together. That being said, she, uh, Anon, you mentioned that it's not as easy as Meg specifically makes it seem as Cece has not had children yet. Um, and that comment felt a little inconsiderate considering a lot, very inconsiderate. inconsiderate. 
considering we miscarried our very first baby. Um, And regardless, children are always a gift, but there's nothing easy about kids in general. Um, So to, to claim that it's just super easy for me to just get pregnant all the time and it's just a walk in the park and everything's rainbows and butterflies, which maybe it seems that way off of social media. I can understand that. But to then say it in a snarky remark as if like it requires nothing of me and has not been a burden or heartbreaking is um, really dismissive of the reality that we've Mm -hmm. gone through as parents. But yeah. Yeah. And then just like assuming that we've never had a conversation or a friendship, you know, with those who have struggled with infertility and anonymous, you know, I'm sorry you feel hurt, but I'm not going to say that I'm sorry I hurt you because you have to take responsibility for how you feel and to get hurt by a conversation that is not intended for you and your situation is not the fault of who was involved in the conversation. And that's where the responsibility, um, the responsibility is yours to claim. So yeah, that is all we have to say about that. Yeah. Um, we thought we just it was wanted, important. Yeah. If we felt like it was important to rebut it because this is like a bit more of a safe space for us to do so. And if you're going to call in and ask us something or to call in and engage this conversation, we feel like it's part of our responsibility to reply honestly and openly to you, just like we did in the previous episode. Um, So we wanted to lay those out for you if you happen to listen. And if not for others who maybe listened and felt the same thing, but didn't say anything, there's some more insight for you maybe um, to hopefully Mm -hmm. move forward with. Right. Right. But to feel attacked, um, as this person felt is so interesting because it's not as if Megan and I laid out the last episode to purposely attack anonymous's situation. Correct. Right. We didn't like, you know, set this caller up to call in asking us a question about, you know, when to have a kid to purposefully like make you feel bad. Correct. So anyways, yeah. moving on. We have lots of good voicemails. To we share have today. a lot of good voicemails. <laughs> so, um, before that Megan had this really awesome post that she had on mm. Instagram yesterday. And she mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, like her unique relationship with Jeannie. So mm-hmm. did you want to dive into that a little bit? More? Yeah, just briefly. Um, our priest here is phenomenal. And I was sharing with him that I have this attachment to Jeannie, um, whether by nature of her breach positioning and the pregnancy and birth or the car crash that happened when I was pregnant with her or whatnot, I've got like this extra attachment to her that's like harder to let go of and harder to give over to God than I did with Carrie. Um, And the Pieta was the image our priest gave me to focus on when it comes to practicing healthy detachment from Jeannie as the years go on, because it's something us mothers are always having to practice. It's not something that you just practice when your kid turns 18 and you send them off to college. Like you've (laughs) always got to practice it, you know? Um, And so he said the Pieta specifically is a picture of Mary who's holding her child who grown child, obviously, but holding her son who will forever be her baby to her, who has been crucified, mocked, whipped, stripped all the things by the world who hates him. And instead of holding him clutched to her chest to protect him from the world, she holds him open to the world because she knows that he is not her own and that he is a gift 
and she chills. I, I know, chills I know. Right I'm now. like going to cry yeah. <laughs> reiterating this because I've, I've constantly had to like keep this in my brain. Um, and so I have a Pieta statue now that's on my desk so that this is a constant reminder for me because I have a feeling that this is never going to get any easier as a mom. Um, and I got it from Everything Catholic and they gave us a code for 15% off. Use code HECK, H-E-C-K. Um, it's 15% off your entire purchase. There's no minimums or anything like that. Uh, the link to them is in our show notes and they are at everything Catholic store on Instagram. And I just, yeah, very it's like a beautiful, like for... white and very mm-hmm. simplistic statue. That's the yes. perfect size for an entryway table or a it's desk perfect. or, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Love so that. with that, let's jump into some voicemails, <laughs> some happy ones. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hey, Susie and Megan, I just listened to your last podcast on what has been saving you, and I don't know if you're still accepting me, but I just wanted to call and let you know that y'all's podcast has really been helping me so much the past couple months. I recently just graduated from Auburn with my, got married and moved to a new state to be by my husband's family and got pregnant all within the same month, and it has been really hard. I've been really sick. Um, and obviously in a new place with no friends yet, but y'all's podcast on my drive, because Megan knows Auburn is very small, and where I'm at now is very big, so on my new long drive, I've just been listening to y'all's podcast, being inspired to start a business, um, a business that I've been wanting to start for a very long time, entrepreneurship, and um also inspired by in your last podcast when you were just talking about sloth i know that you guys like your podcast to be calm and chill and laid back but i also love whenever you guys go a little deeper and talk about your spiritual lives and your relationship with god because it's really relatable and uh, um i've been struggling with the exact same thing some resentment in like current stage of life with god and so i'm glad that we can just all relate in your chill awesome podcast um also, just words of encouragement, in your last podcast, you guys talked about NFP and the reasons to abstain, and we got pregnant on our honeymoon, which was not expected at all, but we weren't not trying. We were open to life, and um, I just want to encourage anyone who is also thinking about that. It has been so rewarding. It has been extremely hard, especially in the first months of marriage, but also, like, we have grown and so much closer together and to God, and it has been awesome. So thank you for encouraging women in that way as well. And also, it's been really helpful. Sorry, this will be my last little bit, um, because I was from Auburn and Birmingham, and so hearing Meg sometimes talk about, like, Auburn and Birmingham is just really great, especially the church there. I used to work there, and so it's, it's really nice to hear that as well in the podcast. So thank you guys for what you do and for helping me get through the first couple months of marriage in a new town. Okay, this girl has your life. You guys I like. Know. I was like, wow, she um, sounds exactly like what happened to us when we moved to New Mexico. New place, new husband, new baby. Just graduated college. I mean, yeah. Well, you moving to California. Well, that too. Yeah. But yeah, that one was easier because we had friends there already. So it didn't feel right. as scary or intimidating or anything like that. But but yeah. dang girl, all at once. I oh know. my word. But honestly, like I couldn't imagine the graces God is pouring on you right now right. from just from you know 
the marriage and then from, you know, literally having growing a child Mm -hmm. in you, I could not imagine the graces he's giving you to be able to handle all this. And it is encouraging because, you know, you hear stories about this and you're like, Oh, that sounds terrible. But like, how, how like happy does she sound? You know, and I'm sure it's not rainbows and butterflies, but the positive attitude really does make a difference. Mm -hmm. And there's something tangible about that joy, even if it's like so hard. Like, I remember I was Mm -hmm. so sick the whole first trimester with Carrie, but there was like a tangible joy between Avery and I that like, it didn't matter if I was nauseous every single day. It did not matter. Um, It just, it didn't compare to that, to that joy. And you can hear it in her voice when she's talking. And it's really sweet. I can hear her smiling. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's tangible. You can see it. Totally. Totally. Okay. So this next one is, um, a little bit about, uh, my mind change around NFP as well. Hi ladies. My name is Anna. Um, just want to share, um, something about NFP and um, how that's affected my life. I was just listening to your last last episode, and um, my husband and I were planning on trying to have all of our children in a few months of the year because he is trying to be a baseball scout, so it would be like having a child in the winter would be most convenient for him to be home. Um, and, you know, we've recently just – decided that we're going to trust the Lord and be open to life basically no matter what because it's just like it would always end up that I'd be fertile like on his birthday or on our anniversary or just like whenever we both have enough energy and it sucked to always have to be like ooh, well I might I might be ovulating right now and it really just puts a damper on your entire relationship and being open to life now is just so much more freeing. Um, we have a one-year-old and we just have been talking recently about how great it would be for him to have a best friend that's closer in age. The more I kept thinking about waiting, the more I kept thinking like, Two and a half to three years is a little bit of a gap, and I just really want them to be good friends. Um, but anyway, um, my heck yes is that I'm calling when I'm not in the car. <laughs> I just learned that rule, so every single time I've called before, I've been in the car. Um, and my heck no is that my son just hit me in the face so hard that my nose started bleeding. So that's toddler life. Have a great day, ladies. Bye. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, welcome to the pod. I'm glad you finally made it. <laughs> you picked up what we were putting down. <laughs> yep. Yep. We appreciate it. But I love it. that like real life like application scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just walked us through what we talked about changing in her own mind. Um, and mm-hmm. that it's, yeah, to constantly have to turn down your husband when you both are wanting sex just because you're worried about the timing of said potential child is like this might seem dramatic but I always like sex is the one thing where I'm like Satan is so after it and to constantly Mm -hmm. have to turn him down because you're worried about potentially getting pregnant at the quote-unquote wrong time 
seems like something that Satan would just smile at and just be like so stoked about like ha got him again and it's mm-hmm. like that sucks you know and he can turn any good intention bad mm-hmm. and he can turn any bad intention to make it sound good mm-hmm. he's the master <laughs> of deceit okay so the number one thing and you can look this up anyone can but the number one thing people say that they regret when they're on their deathbed is not having more children yep yep Mm-hmm. We actually, I would want to say we had two friends stop by recently, two girlfriends of Marines that Avery worked with, and they both said they had bet money on how many kids Avery and I were going to have um, before we like couldn't have any more kids. And one said five and one said like seven. And I said, five, that's so little. Um, and they're like, well, I'm curious, why do you guys want so many kids? And I said, for me, I always think about when I'm older and I can't have any more kids. And I imagine like Christmases or I imagine having my kids home with their kids and having many kids makes the most sense to me. Like that seems like something that I want to work for right now. I don't want to work for a $3 billion retirement fund. Like the, the kids that I have now, because all my kids are going to pay for. Well, exactly. Um, no, (laughs) no, but the kids are like a legacy Legacy. that like is untouchable in any other. And I'm the only one in control of it. You know what I mean? Uh, well, obviously mm-hmm. with God and my husband, but like nobody else can step in and have my kids for me, you know? So I don't know. That's just what I always think about. And it's the same thing that you just said. Like people wish they had more kids on their deathbed. Like I wish, yeah, there's mm-hmm. no one else around for them. And it's just. Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> love that. Well, here's, <laughs> here's one more about this topic. So here we go. Hey, this is anonymous. Um, I love your podcast, by the way. Um, I just wanted to mention about the last uh, episode I listened to. Um, someone called in about not wanting to get pregnant right away after they got married. Um, and I just want to say everything you said was so spot on. Um, it was so dumb because I got married two years ago, and for some reason I got in my head that I really didn't want to get pregnant. I was just a little bit scared. Um, and it just made everything, like, really lame in the beginning. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a big regret. But luckily, we kind of threw that out the window kind of quickly. And, yeah, fast forward, everything is much better, and I'm pregnant with our second. So <laughs> I just wanted to say really great points you guys are talking about. I love it. And I'm glad you're you're just spreading all that information to everyone else. So love you guys. Bye. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> Made really everything really lame. <laughs> no, literally, that's why I'm like, it's more fun. I couldn't imagine how lame. <laughs> that's such a good word. Lame is a good word because in my head, I'm experiencing the opposite of lame, which is just like so much going on all the time. And it's like, yeah, that's that's what happens when you are open to life. There is n- absolutely nothing lame about our day-to-day life right now with two kids. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, but she means lame, not by not having children, but she means lame by like trying to avoid having children. <laughs> that too. Except we've never yeah, done that's that. What so she I, means. I don't know what that would be like, but, but like, imagine it would be lame. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> when you first get married, like I couldn't. I could just imagine Patrick and I had a honeymoon and we were, let's say in some all-inclusive resort in the Caribbean or Caribbean, however you say it or whatever. (laughs) I mean, if we were trying to avoid 
having children, only one of us would be able to have alcohol at a time. I are like, we would have to decide, like, are you drinking today or am I drinking today? Oh, because oh. <laughs> uh, my head instantly went to, you're already pregnant. And I was like, what? I'm so confused about the timetable. No, here. no. Like just married, about like, sex is going to happen if you both have alcohol at all on your honeymoon. Absolutely. Like we're going to have to be <laughs> real strategic. Like how lame is that we're paying for an all-inclusive package mm-hmm. and now only one of us can use, <laughs> use it. Can enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, true, because you go in the hot tub together and all of a sudden it's like, dang, you go get a massage well, together. Oh, dang, dang. You know, like you can't do you go to dinner together and it's real dreamy and awesome. And you're like, mm, dang. dang, like that's lame. That is the epitome of lame. <laughs> and then you walk into the hotel room. There's like, you know, rose, rose petals <laughs> in the shape of a heart. And you're like, dang. dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We just don't oh, want that for man. you guys. I really don't. No. <laughs> okay, so we're done with those kind of voicemails. Now we have some other ones that are just really good, really funny. Um, but before we jump in, Meg, you want to talk? Yes. Um, Ingleside Dreams. She's a Catholic mom of almost five. She creates handmade baby accessories. So things like knit hats, bonnets, diaper covers, which are new um, and adorable, Mm -hmm. sewn baby bibs, pacifier clips, hair bows. um, They range from newborn to kid sizes. We have matching hats from her for Carrie and Jeannie for the winter when we go visit family in California because there will be snow and they're so stinking cute and they're made from all natural fibers. So they're super safe and they're high quality. Um, and then we also have a reversible bib that's got like a little bit of lace around the outside and it's just super boho and cute. And I just, Jeannie looks like a little babe in it. I'll share it on my Instagram story so you guys can see it. Um, everything's just very vintage inspired. It's beauty. It's purposeful. It's just all the things. Uh, so use code heck H E C K one zero heck 10 for 10% off. Uh, link is in our show notes, but it's another way to shop small and support Catholics. So especially with like Christmas and stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Like I always love getting gifts that have um, um, a story behind it, yep. like a story about who created it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Meg, you're definitely going to have same. to share that photo on our I will. What in the Dang Heck podcast page. I will. And same thing for like all of our friends that have babies and stuff. Like I would much rather buy them a handmade or intentional product from someone, some mom or something, than go to Target and just buy 10 onesies. Like it's just, it just right. means more when the mom opens it and is like, oh, oh my gosh, I've never seen anything like this. This is so cute. This is so thoughtful. It's a whole thing. At least that's how I react. Right. Like so another, I mean, no, totally. <laughs> yeah. Like another mother made this for me with me in mind, with my yes, child in mind. With my babies in mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. All right. So this next voicemail literally had me dying. I was listening to these at 6 a.m. this morning and I was like, I, I am dying. All right, here we go. <laughs> Hi, Megan and Cece. My name is Jacinta. I, I guess my head guess would be that I just found your guys' podcast and I am loving it. It's making my day so much better. And I was listening to current episodes and Cece was talking about her husband, Patrick. And then I was like, I ran, you know, I was caught up. I was like, you know, I'm just going to go back and start from the beginning. And so I went back and started listening. And then uh, Cece's talking about her fiance Sash. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, this poor girl. She's like, 
been engaged and now she's not engaged and now she's engaged and married. So it's amazing that she's engaged and married. I just like, wow, that's like that's a lot to process in like a year span time. And then as it keeps going, I'm just like, wow, girl, I am so praying for you. Like, that's a lot to process. Mm, just connected the dots. That is Patrick. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that funny moment. Um, and thank you so much for you girls, too. It honestly makes my day so much better. I am literally listening to you guys over watching shows or movies or anything anymore these days. I've told all of my sisters about it, and we love it. So keep up the good work. Love you guys. God bless. Bye. When you've been out of the loop for too long. Oh my gosh, that would be a lot to process. I mean, I'm like even just trying to process that voicemail. I was gonna say she was having a hard time processing it for you before she understood what was really going on. I mean, literally within a year, engaged, broke up, started dating, got engaged again, and married. Yeah. Within a year. I mean, you moved. Someone quick. take me to the Looneyville. Like <laughs> Someone lock me up at that point, please. <laughs> That's I amazing. That was so funny. I'm also really yeah. flattered that she listens to us over shows and stuff right now. That's like I huge. Know. I was like, what? But I will say, some of my favorite podcasts, I will do that. I'm like, That's true. Matt I Walsh will do that to you. He will. <laughs> something about <laughs> If you listen to Matt Walsh, you won't feel weird about me saying this, but there's something about sweet daddy Walsh that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so people that listen to Matt Walsh, you will understand that reference. I am part of the sweet baby gang, SBG for life. And <laughs> moving on. It is tattooed to her arm. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. All right. Um. This one is, you will be able to answer this really well, Megan, because um, you're at weddings all the time. So oh, no. here we go. Okay. It's good. It's good. It's good. Okay. Hey, Megan and Cecilia. My name is Maggie, and I started listening to the podcast this week and absolutely love it. Um, my heck yes would definitely be that I'm engaged to my fiance. We've been dating for five years, and we're just like super excited and really pumped for what's in store for us. But I did want to ask for some advice. We've been really trying to figure out we're going to have a lot of non-Catholic family members at the wedding as I'm a recent convert. And we just wanted to know if you guys had any ideas on how to make our reception also Catholic and different things we could incorporate in just to keep the sacredness of the Mass going. I love the podcast. Thank you guys so much. Bye-bye. Oh, my gosh. Lots of new listeners, it sounds like, which is really fun awesome exciting um secondly congrats and well I feel like you did a really good job Cece of incorporating Catholicism into your reception more than more so than I did so like you had your reception venue at an abbey am I wrong yeah we had it at a Franciscan monastery so it was really cool where this Franciscan monastery has this hall, which renting out the funds then go to the monastery. And it was like this beautiful medieval kind of look. So beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. That was one thing we did. The second thing is that we had, um, Kerygma candles. Yep. That was the other thing I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah. There was, um, like 
it's a Catholic, um, like any candle that like has Catholic stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted on tables so that number one, there's a scent to our wedding, but number two is that it was something to look at. Um, number mm-hmm. three is that I've seen people do like different cocktails named after saints or mm-hmm. like religious stuff. Um, something that I would suggest is having a mass guide at the actual nuptial mass. So yes. something you hand out and it walks people through, you know, what's going on at this part. Why are you doing this? What this means? Why the beauty of the sacrament? Like yeah. something that is a really educational, but also leaves people. Um, so they feel like they know what to say. They don't feel intimidated by approaching the mass. Right. Um, and then also, you right. know, making sure your priest says you can't come up for communion and having in the mass guide, the reason to how we view the Eucharist. So, um, right. I'm sure there's templates. Online, Another thing. But... Yeah, there probably are. I need to, I need to just put our template from ours online too. Cause we printed one out and I've literally re sent it to people over the years. And I just need to post it mm-hmm. for like a dollar or something, but, um, The other thing I would recommend is obviously inviting your priest to the reception, having him lead the prayer before the meal, and then inviting, like if you have multiple priest friends and stuff, invite them to the reception, have them around your family, invite them to the rehearsal dinner, even maybe ours came in from out of town. So he came to the rehearsal dinner and it was super cool seeing him just like hang out and having Avery's family realize like, oh, he's just another normal guy like with a really good relationship with Christ. Like that's awesome. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I love the question. I love what you had to say. Um, it was cool. Like two priests that we had, we had a Bishop and two priests do our wedding and they went to like the quote unquote bachelor party. So they were like throwing axes, you know, they had such a good time with our families, but it just like normalizes that like, this is a part of the culture and a part of you living out your faith. Um, and I think it's really important right. to normalize that. So yeah, loved that. Love that question. Yeah. Um, yeah. okay. This next one, we'll, we'll close it out with this, but it would, I mean, this one is hilarious. All right, here we go. Hey, this is Elena. I'm calling with a what in the dang heck, um, moment. I feel like Meg, you might appreciate this because it's about birth and CC. Maybe you'll appreciate it because um, there's potential that you might have to give birth overseas maybe in the future. So I am stationed out in Italy, and um, there is no, uh, like, hospital on base, so you have to give birth on the economy. Um, so I give birth in an Italian hospital, and um, very interesting. They don't speak too much English, so just an overall very, you know, and it was an experience. But um, while I was giving birth, like, when I was pushing, um I'm like, you know, doing my thing, trying to push, you know, they're trying to help tell me when to push. And I'm kind of like in my zone. And then all of a sudden I realize that I hear the OB yelling over and over again, like, die, 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 when I'm pushing. And then when I will actually like, oh, blah, 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 and then she'll go, when I go to push again, she'll be like, die, 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 die. And I, I was so confused because, I mean, I kind of did want to die in the moment because I was in so much but um come to find out that die um just means come on so this whole time i thought the ob was telling me that i needed to die (laughs) and um she would just try to turn me on so yeah if you are uh, ever in italy and you hear people yelling die they're not 
actually telling you to die. They just, uh, they're just trying to give you some more. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's my what in the dang heck moment. But, uh, oh, heck yes, that I was able to get my son baptized in the Vatican um, at St. Peter's because um, we just have a priest friend that's there. So, super cool. Uh, yeah, love the podcast. And, yeah, bye. That's All right, well, that makes up for... That makes up for that uh, birth situation. <laughs> for real. That's a dream. That kid is going to have it better than its siblings for the rest of its life. Straight up baptized at St. Peter's. That's sick. Um, I was kid. laughing, though, at the die, 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 because similar thing happened in Germany. High means shark in German. So when you're biking and you're on your way to the bakery or whatever, and you pass by a German, you say, hi, you're literally just saying shark. And they're like, what are you saying to me? We didn't learn Why that. Why does until... hi mean shark? It seems like, I don't know. It seems like know. such a simple word. Right. But then you think about us and it's like, red could be a color. Red could be, I read a book. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, we don't know. Oh, shoot. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. But that one specifically is just like, that could not have been a better timing to have on this communication. <laughs> Die. It's like you're already like not feeling great. And then you're right. like, my doctor's literally telling me to, die. Me to die. So I don't die. You're like trying to process what is happening. You're like, so I should die. I'm going to die. The baby's die. What's happening? Death? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I'm right. honestly impressed that she gave birth under that environment. <laughs> I mean, the kid had to come out one this way or another. This is true. This is true. That kid didn't know what was being said about him. <laughs> he will. She will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you all for listening and for, yeah, just being our biggest supporters. And truly, next week we're talking about our toxic traits. And I did get an email back from Patrick of toxic traits. He believes I have. And so that was really mm. funny. We don't mean like seriously, like <laughs> I need to it's ask. Like funny, toxic, um, toxic trait. I always am like being my, my fingers through my hair while I'm driving. So then I look down, it looks like I have a whole, I like shed half a, half oh, a no. head by <sighs> my feet stuck. And you know, it's like the interior of a car. Like you can never you get the get hair, out. hair out. Oh no, no. Yeah. No. You just need to throw the car in the ocean at that point. <laughs> what I've been doing is just keeping the window open and just and throw like it <laughs> when the hair, just like, like grab it and like throw Cross it out. It. Yep. Yeah, it's a classic. Good old Kentucky. Yeah. It decomposes, I'm sure. So <laughs> anyways, 312-775-2615. And we will talk to you next Monday. Bye, guys. Love you. Bye. Thanks a ton for listening to the What in the Dang Heck podcast. Make sure you call our hotline, subscribe, leave a rate and review, and might as well follow us on Instagram while you're at it.